0: Today, excitement is rising since the long wait is over. Finally, we have Kristen Hefner, the author of Spark's Fly at Midnight, so let's get to know her more. How are you, Christine?
1: Oh, I'm doing very well today. It's a rather chilly day outside today. (laughs) 58. 58.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. So you must have gotten like a cup of coffee before we did this, right?
1: Oh, yes. Most uh, of no them. In fact, in the afternoons, I have me a cup of hot tea.
0: Oh, there you go. Tea, coffee, anywhere, coffee anytime. Coffee, tea in the afternoon. Lovely. I got you. So to start with, we'd like to know you more. So who is Christine Hapner as a person? The Hawaiian Island was my home. Have you ever mm-hmm. been there, Drew? Well, um, that's part of my bucket list, actually, Christine. And Well, I do hope, probably if there is no COVID, it would be like I will be there for a week or two. (laughs) If, if, if my boss would permit, but I would really love to be there. Why? What's with Hawaii?
1: Well, being that I grew up there, I, I do, I do miss it. I have, I've been away from Hawaii for over 40 years since I married a, Mm -hmm. since I married a Hawaii. That's what they call them back in Hawaii service and, uh, White skinned people back in Hawaii are called Hollies. So I married a Holly and we moved around on on the mainland, is what we call it. The people from Hawaii call the island, the big, uh, the United States, the mainland.
0: Mm -hmm. So you must be uh, born and raised there, right?
1: Yes, I was born and raised on the island of Oahu. The capital city is Honolulu, Hawaii. It's absolutely a beautiful island. I mean, you know, they do. they tend to have their cooled weather, and when it gets down to like sixty-five, they think
0: they're freezing to death. <laughs> oh, oh! Because it's an open island, right? Like few it's buildings. A topical, it's a tropical
1: island. They Have the uh,
0: the
1: the, bree- the breezes coming in from the ocean, and um, people have told me that oh, Hawaii is so humid, and I said humid, I never noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> But but I grew up there. I grew up in in what I call the Horseshoe Mountain Valley of Manoa. Mm -hmm. Manoa is, uh, they call it the Valley of the Kings. That's where King Kamehameha would go during the summers, during the Mm -hmm. hot summers. Hawaii, there is no hot summers. (laughs) But I married and left my beautiful Hawaii, and we moved first to Provo, Utah. I was told Provo was a mining town. And there in Utah, I discovered I had allergies. Oh my goodness, I was miserable. We then moved on to Kansas City and finally landed in Manhattan, Kansas, where we still reside. My first novel, Sparks Fly at Midnight, was published September 19th, 2019, and I am working on my second novel, a sequel, The Secret.
0: Cool. Yeah. Well, well, I can just imagine how beautiful Hawaii is. I, I would love to have that great tan, and you know, drinks uh, on the shore with friends or family. You know, creating memories. I'm pretty much sure Hawaii, whatever Hawaii is, or which part of Hawaii we're talking to, I'm pretty much sure every place in Hawaii is worth. Okay. A well, memory. I have seen a lot of pictures oh, about yeah. Hawaii, and I'm pretty much sure those are on top of my list. So yeah i I mean if I was born there uh or even raised there, I would really think I would really be proud that I came from that place i mean not just about uh not just about the place um you know different spots that we would really be proud of, but at the same time the culture i oh yes. hands down really the culture um the language for me it's like um how and how I like Italians or Hispanic people say those words. It sounds very soothing to my ear. Hawaii's yeah. language is, is a little bit strong, but still soothing to my ears. I don't know. Probably it's to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they speak a lot of pidgin there back on the islands. And as as a kid, I that's what I spoke. And when I got married, mm-hmm. whenever my sister would call and I, my daughter, my uh, daughter would always say, "There you go again, mom. You're." You're you're speaking pigeon <laughs> And I I I did I I didn't catch it because, you know, I would just automatically flip into the pigeon pigeon English that I used to speak as a child. But anyway, but when when uh when my our daughter was old enough, she one day came up to me and she says, You know, mom, I'm mad at you And I said, Why? She says, Because I could have lived in Hawaii if you had stayed there. And mm-hmm. I looked at her, and she said, she's, and so she has blamed me all these years. She thought that I was the one that took her off the that I had come off the island and deprived her of growing up there. And I looked at her, and I said, you look at your dad. He was the one that wanted to go back to Oklahoma. Not me. I was happy to stay there. He even had a job offer in Hawaii. Don't blame oh. me. Look at you dad.
0: <laughs> so, Terry, if you're there, if you're somewhere near. <laughs> no, he,
1: in fact, he has to go to Kansas City and teach a class this afternoon, uh, tomorrow.
0: <laughs> you must, you must listen to this podcast, Terry, because you are one of the highlights here. So, Go ahead. (laughs) So, Christine, um, aside from your life uh, and also your also your family, what motivates you to get up in the morning and go to, you know, work or do something?
1: Okay, well, usually the first thing in the morning when we get out Mm -hmm. of bed, we make the bed together. My husband and I, we make the bed together. Oh, okay. Yeah, I brew a pot of coffee and get breakfast ready. Yeah. My first cup, I enjoy sitting at the breakfast table with my husband, eating a quick breakfast before we, before he sets off to work. Mm. Then my day begins when I hear his car finally pulling out of the driveway. <laughs> Not literally, anyway. I enjoy <laughs> reading God's word first to get my day started and meditate and pray before I enter my office, which is our son's bedroom turned into my office to work on my manuscript. My prayers are simple. I ask God to be with me in my writing. He is the author and the finisher of my, of my novels. Writing not only takes imagination, in my case, a lot of research, which is time-consuming. My greatest worry is putting down the wrong information because I didn't research it. I've read books borrowed from the library where the readers made corrections on the author's writing. Oh, my goodness. I don't think I could handle that. (laughs) It would tear me up.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for that, uh, Christine. Well, how about this one? Describe your process behind the transformation of becoming an author.
1: Well, uh, the evening newspaper sat on the table. The headlines read, a prominent Manhattan pathologist and his wife die in a in a home fire. I felt deep sorrow for our friends and my husband's boss. My husband's boss. I asked him, I asked my husband anyway, what would be the possibility that it was murder? How come is the house just burnt like that? His answer, maybe and maybe not. We have to wait until the investigation is done. And then I thought to myself, this would make a real good murder mystery book. And then I told, and I told him about it later. And his reply was, "Absolutely not." In my mind. <laughs> I'll let him think about it. I'm not going to pressure him on this one. But I had a writing instructor that once told his writing class, "Listen to what people are saying in a restaurant, at the mall, sitting on a park bench, watching and listening to what people are saying." You'd be surprised at the storylines you can come up by simply listening to people, or what they read, or what you read in the newspaper. My thoughts are a real good point. So I did as he suggested in the class, to the classroom, but plat- well, to the to my other writers. My thought was, my thoughts went back to the newspaper article on the demise of our friend. The story kept turning over in my head. I played around with the story and min- and finally put put it down on paper. The birth of Spark Splat Midnight was birth, and my husband mm-hmm. came around and accepted my novel with the name change, and it became a fiction novel.
0: Okay, so it was all about curiosity based on a real scenario, right? Correct. Okay, so I guess most of our authors or most of our writers would either take it from an imagination, from being a child up to their growth, or be inspired coming from a different story and they would create something out of it. So yours is from a real thing by changing it, by changing the names or a little bit of scenarios to avoid any problems, right?
1: Correct. I I did change the names mm-hmm. and... Uh, that was to eliminate, you know, I didn't want to get sued by the family. <laughs> of course. Even I even consulted a lawyer about it, and he said, they're dead, aren't they? And I said, well, yes. Well, the dead can't sue. And I said, no, they can't. I said, Well what about their children? And he said, what about them? Why? Why would they sue you? And so you know, I thought, okay, I talked to a lawyer. <laughs> he said it was, but it, everything was fine. Uh-huh. But I really uh-huh. tried to cover my base on the on the story because it was at, it was an actual event, mm-hmm. and uh, we've known the family for gosh, 25 years before wow. the fire. Uh-huh. Actually, yeah, uh, my husband my husband has has worked for this company for. He's one of those you plan them and you stay plan He doesn't move. <laughs> I Not see. like a lot of people that you know, go from job to job to job.
0: Yeah, well, I guess it's just uh, another way of showing respect at the same time since these people aren't other people whom you know, you're just an acquaintance. These people whom you've known for a very long time, more than two decades. You,
1: you know, you want to re- uh, respect them and you didn't want in any way to rock
0: the boat or cause any pain. Exactly. Well, I guess your intention was really nice by asking, um by asking an attorney for legalities and at the same time for peace of mind be, being an author. Cause I guess I were, if I were also a reader or probably an author, I would, I might think the same thing too. Did the writer or did the author Change the names for security purposes or for legality purposes or anything or the plain pay of respect to the people because being a writer or being an author, it's not just about creating stories or writing something about an article or whatnot. These are, I believe, being in in journalism or being in literary world, this is another way of being ethical and being a professional author, not just, you know, to step on someone's shadow or whatnot. Really good. Really, really good. So this made me curious, Christine, why choose suspense as your form of genre? Well,
1: the house fire played on my mind that burnt the house to the ground and the fireplace was, was all that stood. I was... It was never established as to what caused the fire. My thoughts went immediately to suspense and murder.
0: Oh, okay. So it sounded like um, if you are one of the readers of your book, um, you find the curiosity as uh, a way for you to write a book, tell a story about it, and make other people understand how beautiful suspense and murder or anything in between um, once it's written in a, in a form of a book. Right. Uh-huh. Love That's right. I, I I'm starting to hate you because you're good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Uh, there are times when I have read over my my second manuscript uh-huh. and I thought, Oh my goodness, who wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> you, you forgot yourself.
0: <laughs> Tell us something about the juicy story of the book. You know, tidbits as to how we would love or why would we pick up the book?
1: Well, that I am most happy to tell you about. It's about a ghost. Marianne appears and comes to the rescue of Reed and Nicole, the main characters of the novel, to protect them from an intended killer who is out to silence them for finding gold at Dr. Brookfield's land. The ghost appears before the intended killer dynamite in his hands ready to light the fuse when marianne suddenly appears Startled by the sudden materialization of the ghost he drops the dynamite and out of great fear he backs away and falls into a pickaxe that stood protruding from the ground it pierced through his chest do you want to know who the killer is read my book sparks live midnight
0: There you go, guys. As I told you, this person knows what she's doing and she knows how to keep us hanging. What else you do for us to know the story about, (laughs) especially who the killer is? Let's buy Sparks Fly at Midnight and don't spill the information. Let them do the same thing. (laughs) Correct. That's right. (laughs) Don't tell them. Don't tell them. And I guess this is also a great book. You know, I mean, it's, it's a it's a perfect timing for us to get a book grab, read, and for you to do the same thing, keep them hanging, ask the same question. Have you read the book? No. This is about like Spence and Murder. Do you want to know who's, who the killer is? Of course they would say, yeah then read it. Buy one.
1: Right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, yes, and if you want to know why Mary Ann is haunting the dark land buy the book and read it. And it tell go. you
0: why she is there. That's the second question that they need to answer, only if they would get a copy. How about this one, Christine? When did you first become passionate about your chosen field?
1: Well, I really believe it began as a young child. I was a people watcher. I'd sit on the front porch with my favorite blanket and my thumb in my mouth. I watched and listened to everything I saw and I heard. I had no idea I was being prepared for the things ahead in my life. After I married, we had two children, our son Tim at the age of two and our daughter Tracy, six months old. At first I wrote children's stories to entertain our son Tim and his playmate Todd. I wrote stories for the enjoyment of hearing them laugh about themselves because I wrote about them. Stories that I had written about, around them. Then life got in the way of my writing. I returned back to the workforce, the children to the babysitter, there was responsibilities of being a wife and a mother. The pen and paper were placed in a drawer to remain until they disappeared from sight and lost. Then our youngest son Grant came along nine years later. What a surprise! My little apple, <laughs> I call him my my pride and joy. I just love that little guy, but we lost him six years yeah. ago. Yeah, the desire to write never leaves a person. And when the, when our children entered high school. My husband brought me my first computer, and here I sit today, working on
0: my second and third novel. people who have been your supporter, the biggest mentor or role model throughout your career? Starting from the inspiration, you writing the book or the novel, up to finishing it, or even up to now that you're writing a second book. So who are they? My husband, Terry. Oh, yeah. He has always <laughs>
1: been my biggest supporter and sometimes else? my
0: work. <laughs>
1: yeah, my, and sometimes my worst critic, you know, he'd make comments. on I, I, I'd give him my manuscript, and I said, here, read this. I want you to tell me what you think. And then he'd tell me sometimes, I didn't want to hear that. <laughs> I said, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'll make the changes. He also has been very tolerant to the many late dinners, many nights. Secondly, Leonard Bishop. Our writing instructor, who devoted his time and effort to helping the wannabes that sat at his dining room table critiquing their work, I later brought his dining room set at an auction, and I named it the Table Where the Great Minds Sat. Mr. B passed away, and our group of writers dissipated. Not for long, though. Kathy Hedge and Mark Rogers took over the group of wannabes.
0: Something about you that most people are familiar with you and still doesn't know something about you, like, like the wannabes.
1: Well, uh, what most people don't, don't know is that I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And I mm-hmm. tried to center my writing around our insecurities and how we sometimes fall short of our target mark as Christians. But our God is a forgiving God that loves us. He looks Vickery. past our flaws and see us and who we could be. Not our flaws. And he was the one that told me to write the book. And so I said, "Okay, that's why I call it. It's your book, Lord. You're you're the writer." Leonard Bishop, we call him Mr. B, once said, "If you're going to write a novel, don't write chapter and verse of the Bible. People don't want to hear it, especially if they're non-believers. You've got to hit and get out fast." Let the reader ponder what she said. That's called planting the seed and getting out. The great teachings of Mr. B, who we all love and truly miss.
0: Hearing you telling me stories about Mr. B and how grateful and how helpful he was, pretty much sure, day of his passing, a lot of people were sad. Very much so. Very much so. Well, what advice would you give, Christine, to someone, you know, who had the same aspiration like you would like to pursue a career path similar to your own?
1: Well, first I'd like to say to a person pursuing a career path like I have, be wary of self-publishing companies. They are like sharks in the ocean, seeking to devour the gullible and the innocent. Choose wisely who you choose to publish your work. My experience with two publishing companies was that they took my money, did all that was necessary, such as social media, assigning me the ISBN number and publishing and printing my books, books that I have to purchase. And I have books stacked up in my closet that never sold. Oh. I, felt that the, I felt that the rest was up to me to do the work to promote my novel. Well, I believe that the way it goes with self publishing company, most of them anyway. Well that's how that's that's my belief and I uh, and I do have to apologize to those that do not fit in this category. I did book signing at Barnes and Noble's in Topeka and Wichita, Kansas, and I sold I've sold books at coffee shops in Manhattan and the once a year pumpkin patch in Manhattan, which everybody congregates at in Manhattan at. My third publisher, Tate Publishing, a Christian publisher that printed books that operated on the Vanity Press model, filed for bankruptcy and later charged with several felony counts relating to fraudulent business practice. Father and son fled to Canada, caught and extradited back to Moore, Oklahoma. Needless to say, Tate Publishing left a very bad and putrid taste in my mouth, and I went silent for nearly two years. My self-worth had been crushed. I am now with Tone Publishing Media and very happy with them. They made me feel like a person, not a dollar sign. They call me weekly to see how I'm doing and have made me feel like I was in a family again. They made me feel like I belong there. They were not only interested in my lo- novel but they were generally concerned about me as a person. They understood what I had been through.
0: Well, in behalf of the company, Mia and I and the rest of the team, I really find myself uh, a little bit of speechless because it's kind of rare for people to have that kind of experience coming from different companies, a bad experience I would say, and they would open their doors once more, try to check their luck and um trust again in and, oh, art and and uh-huh uh,
1: that and, I, a, that, that, I'm, I'm sorry I, I have a bad habit of interrupting
0: but <laughs> no, I,
1: I'm sorry. I really did have a hard, hard time. that's why I went silent for two years because I've had calls from other publishers wanting my manuscript, and I just said, "Um, I'm not ready." I'm not ready. And even now I'm still having calls and I'm telling I'm with a I am with a good publisher I'm happy with and um check back with me in 10 years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually told our management about how people are becoming um how people like in in, in the company are falling in love with our jobs. Uh, And now we call them passion because, you know, that kind of pride we get whenever we listen to a message like yours doesn't, I'm pretty much sure people would also understand that this is still business. I mean, at the back of our head, yes, this is still business. But what we're doing right now is something beyond business, beyond sales. This is more of like listening to real people, having real authors, them providing their stories and what's about their book. We found ourselves like a family more than just colleagues or people who's who sees everybody daily checking in and out of work making sure fulfillment is actually approved or whatnot we see thank yous we see i approve we see great appreciation acknowledgments or even kudos coming from our authors and i'm not telling this just you know for promotion um purposes but i'm telling this that it really feeds our soul so to you, Christine, on behalf of our company in we're very much thankful that you have accepted Tome once again in your heart. And also Terry, of course, being one of your critics, yeah
1: <laughs> yes, I'm t- I, yes I am and uh, like i said I, it, when i in fact I just had a pub, uh, call from another uh publisher mm-hmm. and they said well who who's representing you I said tome publishing, and um you know not very many publishing companies can measure up to that, and so i I basically told them i do not I'm not accepting yeah uh, opening myself up to, uh, to anyone else. Right. Uh, I'm loyal to the company that I'm with.
0: I'm teary-eyed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow, it's true. I'm sorry. I, I don't, that's how I feel. And I, now if you make me want to make me teary-eyed
0: also. It's pretty much I'm really, you know, uh-huh. Well, I'm pretty, I'm not pretty much sure crazy. if Mia would also be listening to us, um, she would also feel the same way. Well, I'm I just don't know how to say much about our gratitude to you and to the rest of the authors who have been with us, and also for the people who would like to experience, like how you experience our services and how warm we are. We're we're just open. Our our doors are very much open for those who would like to experience the same as what you're experiencing right now. So extremely warm and, and <laughs> inviting. Mm-hmm. For them to understand furthermore as to who you are and why do you choose us or in anywhere between how you're able to um, amplify your magnificence in writing a book, how can your listeners or followers or our great community connect with you online, Christine?
1: Well, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and my understanding is Facebook has now changed their name to yeah. Meta, I believe. Meta, yeah. They just changed it. Oh, Meta? It. Yeah, yeah, M-E-T-A. It's, 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 yeah, oh at yes, meta mm-hmm. Twitter, YouTube, and Tom has done a fantastic job with my, my video. Uh, mm-hmm. and I and I, I and I've had a lot of people tell me, give me comments on it. And email and you can email me at Hefner H, lowercase H E P N E R C H R I S T I N at Gmail
0: dot com. There you go. So, guys, if you are if you missed that part, I'm pretty much sure you would download this uh, podcast. Again, Christine could be found. You could always reach her out via Facebook, now known as Meta, Instagram, or even Twitter. Or sometimes you could also see her video on YouTube uh, on our YouTube channel in Tome. But if you'd like to focus on Facebook, she'll definitely message you out or reply. And her username is author Hapner Christine. That's the word author, A-U-T-H-O-R, then her surname, Heppner, H-E-P-N-E-R, then her first name, which is Christine. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N. Same with Instagram. Hers would be different. That's C for Charlie, then an underscore, her last name, Heppner, and the word author. Okay? So her Twitter is actually the same as her Instagram. So you could also check her. With YouTube, you could actually search her video, Straight from the title, Sparks Fly at Midnight, you could also add her full name, Christine Hefner, so you could see the updated version seen on Tom YouTube channel, okay? Guys, please visit her website to, to know her more and her book. We would be posting updates about you, what's next about the sequel or what to find out. Probably you, you would visit some other places for a book signing if ever it's already safe. Those kinds of things would actually happen, would be announced, not just in her social media accounts, but also to her website. Simply, that's her first and last name dot com, Christine Heppner dot com. Right? Correct. Lovely. Well, I greatly
1: appreciate <laughs> all those that have listened, who have uh, tuned in on this podcast. I thank you. And Hawaiian, they say mahalo.
0: Mahalo. There you go. Mahalo, mahalo. guys. And that's for today. This has been Drew Auto Radio.